As Ben Horowitz has said in his book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, the hard thing isn't dreaming big. The hard thing is waking up in the middle of the night when that dream turns into a nightmare. The harsh reality of life is that we are faced with such hard things day in and day out. We have been trained to just deal with them or man up or toughen up or you need thick skin. But why have these things become normalities? On your path to entrepreneurship, there will be many such circumstances and scenarios and you need to be able to manage them efficiently without doing harm to yourself or your mind. I have personally been affected with poor mental health and as a result of the stress and multiple experiences, it ended up with me in hospital with a near aneurysm and that is not a very nice feeling especially when it is over something that can easily be tackled with, mindfulness practices and changing your perspective towards certain situations. As part of our ongoing episodes on leadership and entrepreneurship, today I'm bringing you something truly special. When I say the words mental health, what pops into your mind? Taking time off? Taking care of yourself? being carefree, well, what if I told you that it is all of the above and so much more? While many countries around the world still grapple with understanding what mental health is and raising awareness around it by breaking age-old cultural stereotypes, here in Australia, some are taking the next step in supporting a positive mental mindset and positive mental health. It's not about awareness anymore. It's about executing solutions to support adequate mental health. I was lucky enough to have been contacted by two such superstars in the space. Now, two things I would like to mention here are the immense gratitude that I have for such experienced and passionate young people who are reaching out to the Art Speaks podcast to share their stories. This is why we started and seeing a dream come to fruition is heartwarming. And two, if you remain genuine to your cause and selflessly devote your energy to help others, the universe will always come back to grant you your dreams. Moving on, as mentioned, today I have two of who I believe to be the most incredible young men that I've come across on the podcast. They are an absolute beacon of light and leave a trail of positivity and positive wisdom everywhere they go. I was so grateful that today the Ard Speaks podcast is in a position to host guests of such a high caliber to further support young people on their quest to entrepreneurship. Let's lean in to hear how we can become successful entrepreneurs with powerful mental health. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome James Hatchman and Luke Karabatsos, the co-founders of a leading Australian mental health startup Voice of Health. Luke, James, it's an absolute honor and privilege to host you both on the show today. I'm filled with gratitude and cannot wait for all that you have to enlighten our listeners with. First and foremost, I think you both have some phenomenal stories on your journey and your path. 
And I'd love for us to start to start off this morning by sharing each of your journeys to arriving at the point that you're at today. James, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, thanks, Arj. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a bit of an interesting journey. Luke and I always have a bit of a chuckle to each other when we think about how eclectic our, our uh, stories are to get to this point. Because people often ask us, how do we actually get to this point? And it's always a bit of an interesting one. So, I because I myself um, came straight out of high school and actually worked in the property industry a bit um, and kind of bounced around both kind of sides both the leasing and sales side and in between that there was a an extended travel period um so started off in that space i think for me i wanted to i guess be in in that particular industry um but then after kind of coming back and, and having a, obviously a you know a fantastic time in that in that space um wanted to i guess mix it up and and i actually ended up uh joining the navy so i was actually then became um, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it was a bit, a bit of a jump uh, from uh, from houses to boats, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, I wanted something that was, I guess, a, a little bit, you know, I guess a, a, I would say it's a little bit out of the ordinary. It was a bit of a, a jump, but I think I'd always had a general curiosity for for going and doing that, and I, I had interest in, in mm-hmm. captaining ships. Uh, so I became a yeah, maritime warfare officer for the Australian Navy. Um, but then I guess at a certain point, had to kind of follow my gut instinct, which was that wasn't actually for me and so um decided to to leave when i when i had the opportunity to um and yeah have have since left and i think part of that was it was a strong strong drive to want to do my own thing um or to create something of my own uh, after having experienced obviously everything i had up until that point and so i guess that's mm-hmm. kind of how we ended up with voice of health over you know pivoting and, and changing a few things it's that's how it, gr- it wow. grew from there but I'll, uh, I'll let Lukey tell, I guess, his, his, part, his yeah, part of that story as well. So I basically, I followed in a very similar footstep to James in that I did my commerce degree or eclectic sort of background to James, you could say. I did, I did a commerce degree and then went into corporate and finance for sort of for a number of years. But um, I realised along that way, I was like, I don't think I can spend the next... 40 years sitting behind this desk doing sort of this job and so I also picked up and, and, and did my personal training course. I was, I was a personal trainer for about mm-hmm. a year and sort of helped people through their journey and then actually went back to study and, and did another master of teaching and now I'm, I'm also a primary and secondary teacher um, as well. So I guess, wow. yeah, I guess I guess sort of everything I, I try and do is always to, to help other people um, and try and do something that's, that's bigger than myself or give something back to something that maybe I never received as a child or, or growing up. And so then through my own lived experience, um, James and I came together and, and decided to sort of start Voice of Health and sort of start making a difference to, to an area that um, we really, really need at the moment. And impacting their lives and giving people sort of the awareness that can really sort of unlock their potential. That's that's incredible. And you're both such a phenomenal duo. No wonder I named this episode Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> One of you were actually in the Navy. Um, <laughs> so now, as I'm sure everyone wants to know, what exactly is Voice of Health 
and why is it important? I'll throw it to either of you, whoever would like to answer. Yeah, I'm, I, often, I often get tasked with that answer. <laughs> so, if I'm happy to do that one. Um, yeah, so uh, Voice of Health is um, a preventative mental health organisation and that is uh, designed, I guess, heavily geared towards peer support, online peer support, um, active listening, empathy, and, and really empowering lived experience and the ability to be able to better self-manage mental health um we have developed uh, i guess we've, we've developed an app that connects users with active listeners so individuals who volunteered their time to provide a safe place to talk to others in a preventative space um it's you know it's certainly an, an important space to go into this particular area was because it was where we noted the, the biggest gap in the current system which was that the leap from going from abs- from seeking no support to seeking support can be quite daunting for a lot of people mm-hmm. and sometimes the shortest step is mm-hmm. from nothing to a you know paying for a psychologist and for a lot of people that might not be that, that might be a bit of a daunting step and so filling that gap was one part of it mm-hmm. um, but also you know at the moment, I guess if we, you know, if you were to think about it like a bit like a filter, well, at the moment it's nothing, then then psychologists and then crisis lines, and so there needs to be something that attends to those who are who are not necessarily either of those spaces, yeah. um, but at the same time it can also complement. Um, you know, existing services, but we do, we would love to take, you know, some of the burden off those services so that they can deal with the um, particular, um, I guess, particular reasons. That originally serious. Yeah. serious. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really about empowering empathy uh, once again, um, you know, and really just understanding that we all have our own lived experience in this space. And if we can empower individuals to provide support to others, based on their own lived experience, it basically gives us almost like a global workforce because we all have our own individual um, lived experience. And if someone's, you know, willing to give up their time to support someone else, then then the, the scale of what we've created is, well, knows no bounds, I guess. Yeah, your, your canvas for impact is infinite in that case. So that's, that's fantastic. And, you know, an, an interesting point that you both mentioned in your journeys as well is that, you know, you both had that, you reached a point where you felt you needed to do something by yourselves. And my question is, when did you both know that entre- entrepreneurship was going to be your part? So I'll start off with Luke this time. I was thinking, of, I was thinking about this um, a little bit earlier and I have some pretty good little stories. So actually one of the first careers that I wanted to um, be when I was little was actually an inventor. So I used to make like different robotics and sort of uh, like electric circuits and take apart toys and put them back together and um, oh, wow. I remember my parents, I remember my parents, yeah, <laughs> asked me one night, they were like, hey, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be an inventor. And then a few years later in high school, I was selling chocolate bars out of my out of my locker because they the school banned sugar, mm-hmm. and so we used to own a supermarket. And I was like, okay, well, there's, there's a gap in the market here. Let's let's start sort of making a bit of side money and partner with the guy that sell Coke cans sort of out of his locker too. So we had a little bit of a partnership there. And then obviously with the Voice of Health, it's sort of so I got thinking. I was like inventor, entrepreneur. I was like making something new, making an impact. I think there's a very strong correlation between um, what I mentioned when I was younger to running Voice of Health now. Um, in that it is creating something from scratch. It is building something new. It's inventing something that hasn't necessarily been done this particular way before. Um, and obviously shifting into the social impact side, which is something James and I are quite passionate about, it's, it's that's where we can sort of make the magic happen. 
Mm. Wow, I, I think that's that's so you know all these stories. Whenever I, I speak to to new and amazing entrepreneurs like yourself, there's always that little you know childhood spark to do something differently or that hustle, and it's just like it's almost a certain persona that we develop for ourselves based on the circumstances we're faced with, which is just so interesting. James, daughter, yes. what what made you? you know, want to have to go down the path of entrepreneurship yeah it's uh, it's an interesting one it's funny because it, yeah now that you say that it was about it was an early journey kind of all early spark i guess it's uh, I, uh, my mum always uh, tells the story about how when i went to a workshop when i was quite young um that was i think it was actually just a personal development or kind of leadership program that she was she was involved in and there was a there was a portion of that that was designed just for kind of the kids and i apparently she always tells me that I stood up on the stage and just said, I'm going to be a billionaire and I'm going to run, <laughs> I'm going to run my own business. And I think I was like 11. So I, maybe I didn't, I did, probably couldn't even count to a billion or probably didn't even know how many zeros were in there at the time. But I guess there, that was always there. And then I get the, the work that I did in the, in the property industry and even I, I think was originally like – I remember thinking that I was doing that work to try and gain the knowledge I needed to maybe, you know, to grow and, and, and grow my business ability and grow my sales ability and also develop, you know, obviously you know, maybe make some money at the same time, I guess, um, to eventually start my own thing. And it was interesting because the, the, the journey is not always, there, there, there are times where you kind of get swayed off that, that, kind of thinking and you go oh, I don't know if I can do it and you kind of and I remember moments where I'm I think I gave in to going okay nah it's probably not going to happen I'll just find a career that'll do that and then I was like and that was one of the main reasons I left the Navy was I was just like nah it's time to do my own thing I, I because if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? I'm, you know, I could easily be in. You know, I, I think I think I must have looked at some old chief in the navy who'd been there for thirty years. And like, I don't want to turn into him, into this crusty old bloke. And so, um, I think I, I'll uh, I'll go and do my own thing. And so, yeah, it's just kind of always grown from there. And I think I've always had a mindset that, that saw the potential in a situation. Mm-hmm. So whether it was, you know, real estate or whether it was, you know, a particular business and, and seeing straight away, you know, how can that be improved? How can you do it better? But also how can you integrate, you know, meaningfulness into the business and, you know, how can it, how can you help it grow in a, in a way that has positive potential? So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's something that was there early that's just developed over and over uh, time. Wow. Yeah, and I think it's just, you know, the fact that you both realize that this is not something you want to do and you actually actioned on it is very important because there's many a time where people find themselves in a position where they realize and have that conversation with the voice in their head that, you know, I don't actually want to do this, but they, they don't take that step to say, okay, but what am I going to do to change it? And the fact that you both did, you know, clearly is represented in, in the success of everything you've achieved so far. So I think it's important to acknowledge that if it's something you don't want to do good but then you need to do something about it and take that step to start not having those thoughts that you know i don't want to do this for the rest of my life so, yeah 100 execution is everything um i think yes. everyone's like even even and we've, we've we've spoken at a lot of entrepreneur uh, events and, and supported a lot of young people in their early stages of kind of 
their entrepreneurship journey. Um, mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we often see is that, yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, like you, you, can, you come across heaps of people who are like, I've got all these amazing ideas. I just don't know which one and I just don't know mm. how to execute. And the, mm. the answer is to start because what we started yep. is not what we have now. And we had, we had to pivot and make changes and we've learned things along the way that there was just absolutely no way we could have predicted. We've tried to predict mm. as much as we can, but there's just no way we could have. And so you, know, you have to kind of, the old saying, you roll with the punches in that sense. So, yeah. Of course. Yeah, and, and I think the, the, there's a quote by Steve Jobs as well, which comes in very handy that you know, I used to look up every day in the morning and ask myself, do I want to do what I'm going to do today? And when the answer was no for too many days in a row, he knew that he needed to change something. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's really acting on that impulse that something needs to be done. So, yeah, and, you know, it's the first time, and I'm very grateful for this, that I'm actually having a co-founded duo on the show. So can, can you share what it was like working together to build Voice of Health? You've mentioned that, you know, there were many iterations. So how did you both get along so well without reaching a point where you wanted to rip each other's heads off? And the only reason I ask this is, you know, we all read the literature, we all read um, many startups, many companies in the ecosystem, and they're notorious for founders having fallouts. And I'm sure your story has some very important lessons on successful teamwork and collaboration. So if you could please share a few nuggets on that, I think that would be super valuable. Where does the bromance start, James? <laughs> Honestly, basically, at where we're at now, I'll start from where we're at now, and we can go backwards, and maybe James can touch base on that. But awesome. James and I are at a point now where we are so intuitive to each other that we will rock up to meetings wearing the same type of clothes, and <laughs> it just—that's that's awkward in itself. But we'll also be able to answer. We know exactly who's going to be answering what questions, what the other person's going to be thinking and like the ideas that are going to come out of their head. It's this is the point of which I'll write messages that James is just about to tell me um, or like different ideas or pivots um, or strategies as well. But I guess James and I, like we've, we've known each other for nine years now, I think James, I think far too long, but um, <laughs> we've, had, we've had the opportunity to travel together, become obviously best friends over the time. But I think one thing that, allows us uh, allows this sort of this relationship to be quite magical in that we're able to separate friendship and business really really well um, Mm -hmm. and and not take business things into our friendship and what what i sort of mean by that is that if we like naturally we're going to have we have arguments we have disagreements all the time um but as soon as that sort of ends we move into a friendship state it just gets left at the door we don't bring it into it. Um, and, Je- and Jeff Bezos actually has a really good quote that we sort of run by, which is disagree and commit. So James and I might have a disagreement on a particular strategy that we're going to take, but one of us will disagree but commit fully to the other person's idea. So rather than hold resentment or bitterness towards yes. not getting your way in that we cancel that out, and fully sort of go with and support what the other person is, is going with because we have that trust um, and that and a really strong foundation sort of built wow. there already. That's that's amazing. You know, it's it's these uh, every time you have have this conversation with I, sorry every time I have a conversation like this with, with entrepreneurs, you always learn something new, and I think that's 
the, that quote's really powerful, the disagree and, and commit. I think a lot of us can learn from that and actually look to apply it in our lives because it can make so many decisions and so many things we do so much easier. Um, James, what's what's your take on, on that? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely it's, it, for us, the way that we can make that work is also is, is by knowing each other so well we do we are able to understand what each other's strengths are so there that i think one of the biggest things when it comes to this is also like when when it comes to managing expectations of the other person if you understand what their strengths are you understand where your expectations should be so we both luke and i as part of that intuition of knowing that's why he said that's why as he said we, we know which question we're mo- most likely to answer so like mm. certain questions we're even just looking at the, at, at you know at things that people send us or when we're talking to people like I, I already know Luke wants me to answer a particular question I already know <laughs> stuff like that. so I think knowing each other's strengths is a, is a huge part of that um, but I mean look it, it, the thing is yeah like Luke said separating the business and uh, and friendship is, is really important you know so we can have a laugh mm-hmm. no matter what afterwards um, but it's, it's interesting because when, when you I mean you say the notorious founder fallout thing but I mean we funny enough actually didn't start off as a duo we actually started off as a I guess a quadro in that sense <laughs> I'm going to quadro today. Uh, and we actually had two other founders um, in, our, in the business but um, and I, look I wouldn't call it a fallout because uh, one of them was was my brother and the other one was, was one of my other best friends and so um, as far as I guess handling I guess maybe they weren't as passionate about what we were doing anymore it wasn't based on resentment or anything like that it was just What's going to be best for the for the work that we're doing moving forward, uh, and how do we do what's best for that so that we can have the best impact? And if it, if you just have a mature con, um, conversation about it, it really ties into what Luke was saying about business from um, personal. So they can go, okay, yep, this is what's best for the business. But hey, now let's you know let's go hang out um, and go from there. So I think that's 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 one of the biggest things. Um, and then. I would say trust, the ability to be able to trust your co-founder, know what their strengths are, you trust them to do it. But that that trust mm-hmm. tied in with, you know, I think tied in with good intent is a big, big part of it because I know that like if Luke is presenting an idea and like you said, the disagree and commit, he's going to come with, with all the information based, you know, on, on why that decision is the best way to go. And he's got the businesses or the, the organization's best interests at heart and he's got good intent. And so that makes it easier for me to commit then because I go, I know he's thought about this. I trust him. He's got, and so I think that plays a huge part into the cohesiveness of our, our relationship. Yeah. Lovely. And I can see that during the podcast as well. Like typically if you have two people, one's going to say, oh, no, you go, oh, no, you go. But, you know, it's just flowing, like free-flowing water in a river. You know, who's going to answer what question before we've even spoken about it? So I think um, this podcast itself is testament to you actually preach, sorry, practice what you preach and not just say things. As you mentioned, you know, the execution is so important and you both execute on exactly what you say. Um, so it's just it's just lovely to come across people that do that. Um, so thank you yeah. for being good. I'll, I'll just put in one one little other point that sort of sprung to mind. There is, it's also the decisions of what's in the best interest of the company, and like the vision and direction we want to head in, not what is the best interest of ourselves. And so being able to sort of yeah separate you on that sense to be like, no, this is better for the company because it leads us down this particular path. And 
um, mm, mm, uh, basically just sort of be ushering everything else that James sort of said before. Mm. Of course. Wow. Yeah, thank you so much. And so now, you know, you've, you've all been through so much together. You've done so much together. So given your wealth of experience, what is one of the biggest challenges that you've both faced in your lives and how did you overcome them? Good question. I think, um, I think for me, one of the biggest challenges actually turned into one of the biggest strengths. So five or six years ago, I was at a, was a quite low point in my life um, with anxiety. And so basically everything that I knew became almost impossible. Going out, seeing friends, going to the gym, making plans. Like I would not have been able to talk on this podcast right now. I would have had to have just let James run it. Um, and that would have been horrible for everyone. But um, it's, it was at a point where... Like I'd leave work and I'd have a panic attack and I'd come back and, and no one would know anything was wrong. Um, I, was, I was very, very, very good at um, fighting it. And I thought my anxiety was the, the biggest weakness in my life and that I was basically just doomed forever. Um, but what sort of allowed me to sort of get out of that hole was having someone there that could actually listen and empathise with me. So a lot of people I would talk to would mm-hmm. provide me with advice. That would always look to reply straight away, rather than just rather than just listen. Mm. Um, and he would have to say and, mm. and and rephrase back to me, sort of validate that experience that I'm having. And when I did find people that I would do that, what that did was it actually encouraged me to then go and seek support, go and learn more about myself, go and become more self-aware, and build that emotional intelligence around me, and sort of begin to understand my anxiety. And so, what I thought was something that mm was very internal of me and, and that dictated the direction I chose in life is actually I, vis, I visualize, visualize it now as like a dance. So my anxiety is external to me and, and I'll dance with it. I have a relationship with it. So some days it will be a fast dance, which means I might be a little bit more sensitive. Some days it might be a slow dance, which means I can, I can get on top of most things. But it's really learning mm-hmm. who I am and learning myself and my emotions allow me to make better decisions and change change the direction of my career career path make new friends or open new doors to particular areas and now I actually use my anxiety as something that can tell something that does tell me hey is something wrong or does something actually need to change now um, because something's not working in your life so it is sort of like a little alarm system for me now that that works with me as a team rather than before where it sort of dictated where I was going and so that's sort of a journey that I've sort of been on to get to this point now and it obviously reflects throughout sort of the message that Voice of Health history is trying to achieve and that listening does go a long way and it's a skill and empathising yeah. with someone who's sort of walked a similar path before you before um, mm-hmm. and yeah Wow, that's, that, that's a beautiful analogy and, and it's so nice to see that you turned something that was a perceived you know challenge and weakness into such a strong strength of yours wow and james the navy man the navy man the navy man i'll take it i'll take it um, <laughs> yeah biggest challenges i think i think for me i was just thinking about it like i think that we i'm picking the, the it's the word biggest that that is the hardest the <laughs> hardest part of that whole question because i could tell you plenty of the challenges um I guess I if, if I'm going to keep it, I guess, relevant to obviously kind of the theme around um, the work that we do and also the kind of entrepreneurship journey, I think it's 
I think it was part of it was, or one of them. Let's say we'll go with one of them. Was I guess convincing, <laughs> convincing myself that maybe I was able to do this, convincing myself that I deserved to do this, um, and I think. Fighting that small part of, I think, that exists in a lot of us that kind of goes, oh, you know, come on, you know, you're not the one to do that. You're not, you know, someone else should be doing this instead of you. Um, and I think it's, you know, the more that we do the work that we do and the more that we speak to people, the more we realize, like, this is something we need to be doing and this is something we should be doing. And so that helps, I guess. And and, and that's why, you know, you do the, the networks you, you create and the people you speak to can be so important because it can be really encouraging to make you go, yeah, you know what, actually this is what I want to do. Especially, I think especially in the social impact space because you're so, you're so linked, you know, via your own empathy and your own heart heart to the mm-hmm. cause that you're, that you're really putting into it. And so I guess that can help pull you through those days where you kind of go, oh, I don't know if this is for us. Because we, I mean, even for us, even for us as a, as a, as a, as a I guess a duo, as, as co-founders, um, even early on, there was, there was times where we went, mm-hmm. you know, you know it's, it's a roller coaster. There's days where you're like, oh, this is not right. Like, what are we even doing? Like, and things slow, slow down. And then yeah. that, that, you know, we, we, we love the, that phrase, I guess, energy breeds energy and momentum. To, you know, essentially that's just a mm-hmm. funny way of saying momentum essentially um, but it makes a huge difference because things can slow down and, and you really got to find those reasons why you kind of keep pushing through so that you can break through to the other side and I think that 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 faces a that we've we've faced that challenge more but it, it that type of thinking uh, appears less the, lo- the longer we do this because we're more the, the ideas that we're, we're we're coming up with and the things we're doing are validated and we, we see the positive impact we're, we're taking. So I'd say that one of the biggest challenges was was both from a personal but then also as a as a, as a duo, um, those moments where we had to kind of combat that mentality that said, hey, maybe we're not the right people to do this or, hey, can we even pull this off or, hey, it's going to be too expensive or no, we can't make this happen and, and then going, no, you know what, stuff it, let's, uh, let's give it a crack. Um, that's, that's yeah, yeah there, there's yeah, there definitely so many naysayers in the naysayers in the world that will will tell you no, you shouldn't be doing this, or that are risk adverse, or prefer that security. But once you actually start to make traction, and once you actually start to deliver and show impact, then those people start to turn around, and I find that quite ironic. Um, but those sort of there's other people that will come out of the woodworks mm-hmm. just when you sort of start to actually show some evidence that it is is making a positive impact in the world which naturally i don't feel probably should be the way it should go everyone should just support someone for having the idea or the direction they want to head into um but i guess it allows them to to see a perspective when people can actually make it as well um to their lives which then can maybe motivate them to make a change too Definitely. Well, you know, that's uh, all. All these lessons are so important for for anyone really that wants to start that dream or that idea that they have so many of. And I think it's it's really valuable for people to come and who've been there and done that to share that journey, to share those lessons, and to make sure that this isn't knowledge that's withheld as you know traditional and previous industries keep knowledge and skills withheld within them uh, for a particular sect of people but this really allows for everyone to be able to 
do something great with their lives. So thank you. I think those are very important tips and pointers on challenges. But moving on from, from challenges, um, I know that you're both as passionate, I think even more than I am, in supporting the growth of the next generation of founders. So what is a golden piece of advice now that each of you would give to the entrepreneurs of tomorrow? <laughs> I already know James's answer, so I'm, I'm keen to listen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's a piece of advice I, give, I honestly give to like anyone who's just even, even even if you're just thinking about giving it a crack thing is always mm-hmm. and look you, already, you can already, you could quote me word for word just it's literally it's as simple as you've got this like i i honestly if hearing people say like you can't do it it's too hard or like people shutting down entrepreneurs if you have that thought reckon I could do that that'd be something I'd enjoy doing every day then my thing is you've got this on those on those days where you think you don't I'm here imagine my voice telling you this I'm no motivational speaker speak speaker sorry um, but but I will put yeah right as, a, as, a, as the irony of, of messing up the word speaker in that moment good stuff um, <laughs> but but the thing is, I, my my emotional support behind those people is 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 huge because I think it's it took it took me a long time to kind of go should I do this am I the right person like I said what back you know going back to those challenges and it, it's like, it it mm-hmm. it's those moments where I just told myself nah you got this like it's and and, and maybe it's not the I know this is maybe this is not the best way to approach it, but I also back that up with a, another one that I don't usually share as much, and because there's a, there's a second part to that, which is so it goes, it's you got this because a lesser man has done it before you, and it's a, it's not always the most positive way to do it, but it 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 reminds me that I guess everyone is just a person, and that if someone else has done something even close to this previously or if someone else has given it a crack or taken the plunge before this, there's nothing to say that I can't. Mm. Um, and it helps me and mm. I think it helps me instill a little bit of self-belief in that moment um, because I'm a big believer. I think I think as, a, as someone who has a kind of a passion, <laughs> let's call it a passion against being told that I need to stick into some particular lane and that just because something's always been done a certain way that it has to be continued that way. I, I always just want to say mm-hmm. F that and, uh, <laughs> and, and prove that wrong. So I think that kind of sequence of thinking is kind of the advice I would give is that, yeah, you've got this and like it's, you know, everyone is just a person and so you can you can take this and, and do it yourself and, and, and James Hatchman believes in you. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm going to make sure I have that voice. That's it, Arch. You can always just call me if you need me to tell it to you. <laughs> Indeed, gonna, I will. I'm going to ride on the back of Jesse. Like, in, you've got this. It's, you're, you're, you have one life. You have one life that can be taken away potentially at any any moment. Is that a life that you want to live, live sort of... Mm-hmm just in a straight line or is this a life, a life you want to live and make some turns and do new things um some people might prefer one direction and some people might prefer others but maybe be held in place by particular pressures or or family pressures that want them to go in a certain direction um but i think we live in a really really interesting time now and in a lot of people are branching out and moving away from that okay 
I do commerce, I'll get into law, med or accounting, get in a big big top tier firm, I'll get married by 27, I'll have kids at 28, I'll settle down and buy a house at 29. It's We're shifting it away from that. The average millennial now, I think, spends two and a half years in a role. And so we are becoming more susceptible to taking chances and risk. And I think that's a really incredible thing because I guess when, if I'm sort of, if I'm on my hypothetical, hypothetical, when I am on my deathbed, I want to be able to reflect back and think about all the, the chances that I took, all of the magic that I was able to create, all the mistakes that I was, I was able to make and the lessons I was able to learn. Because that happens through taking risks. You grow through taking risks. You go through making mistakes. Um, and you, you go through taking chances as well. And so for anyone thinking about maybe starting something or everyone, anyone thinking or doubting themselves in something they have just started is surround yourself with independent thinkers. Surround yourself with people that can help you maybe take that chance or that leap of faith or give you that support or accountability that you need and because at the end of the day, you've got nothing to lose. You take a chance, you go back to your job. You don't take a chance, you stay in the job. Or you take a chance and your yep. chance actually succeeds. So you can really sort of only either build growth, learn from your mistakes, or actually succeed. So there's sort of my little, little takeaway from that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's just such panache, really, to be honest. And um, thank you both. You know, I... I am now leaving with lessons myself that I'm going to hold dear to my very last breath. So um, the only thing I can say really is that I'm so, so grateful for your time, for your wisdom. And I really hope that um, everyone that listens takes away many, if not just one piece of, of learning, of advice, because I think these are so important, everything that you've shared for people to be able to succeed. So thank you both. I'm, I'm really grateful and um, I look forward to whatever else we can do together in the future yeah, too. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Ash. Aren't we just so lucky? What a fantastic episode this has been. We've learned about some true gems and I honestly just want these gems to sink in. So I won't be taking much more of your time sharing wisdom that I'm positive James and Luke have already imparted to you all. Before I leave, I'd like to leave you with an African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Let me know what you guys thought about this episode in the comments below. Thank you, and until next time, farewell. Alvidar, dosto.